Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, what's up, Nadia? What's up, Lon? How's it going? Eh, just like <laughs> the last episode of 90 Day Fiancé. <laughs> Very meh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think also because I pretty much fast-forwarded the parts on... Angela and Big Ed. Yeah. I am guilty, though, of watching the final, final, final scene of, of Big Ed. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Where he, he <laughs> was supposed to show Liz how to take. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm guilty. I listen. But I, of course, I'm like, whatever, dude. This is a toxic relationship and it's probably fake anyway. Yeah. I do have to say now that you're talking about Big Ed and I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, but. I love that Lou finally talks shit about Angela. Lou, her lawyer. Oh, I remember don't know. Lou. She always like goes to his law firm and just walks in and like Lou. Okay, yeah. Lou, we gotta talk about the visa <laughs> this time around. When they did a one-on-one interview with Lou, he actually said like, "I don't really care about her personal life. I wish you would just stop talking about it." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, Lou. Yes." Yeah, I must fast forward through that because I don't. Yeah. yeah. Do you still fast forward Sumit and Jenny? I've watched it, but I may end up fast forwarding. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. It seems like they apologize to each other. Yeah. And, you know, I'm with Sumit on this. He even took the time to like patch things up and apologize. I don't really know if he needed to apologize, though. I don't think so. Like, it's natural, I think, if your parents get up and storm off to go, hey, After let's them. squash this. Yeah, to get up and go like, yeah, <laughs> come on, like, sh- grow up, Jenny. You know, <laughs> this is what, what kind of frustrates me. I understand she's hurt about the situation and stuff, but she's like, you went after your parents. What? Those are his fucking parents. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? This is dumb. <laughs> yeah. This is so dumb. <laughs> Just when you think Jenny needs to stop growing, like she has a lot of growing up to do. It, yeah. Right? Like that, we all thought know. that she's more mature than that, right? Because going after your parents, it's probably normal and natural. She shouldn't read between the lines there. Like she shouldn't read into it. Just because he chased after his mom doesn't mean that he will stop loving her or yeah, he, chose he doesn't her love over, her right yeah, or he chose his mom over her or something like he just wanted to console his mom he just wanted yeah. a second chance so yeah i don't think any of us saw anything wrong with that except jenny yeah 
she can be really really selfish yeah and violent it seems yeah <laughs> but i'm glad they made up <sighs> yeah of course up. they did i feel bad during that scene where the myth said that hey i don't have anyone anymore you're the only one mm. so i need you to support me that that kind of tug in my heart a little bit because if this is all true like he literally doesn't have any family support this anymore own. yeah and this is in his hometown he doesn't have family support yeah yeah and i think let, this, let that um, sink in <laughs> this episode i think he finally said or acknowledged that it has to be one or the other i forgot how he phrased it but he knew that like it's either pick. yeah he had to choose a side like it was either one or the other and you can't have both in this situation that's maturity yeah yeah or at least that's well handled i would say moving on yeah okay okay <laughs> yeah, so no, 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 no. all right well moving on to shahida and bilal i know we tweeted something about bilal and i'm a hundred percent behind that tweet how dare him make Sharida feel guilty about all this like he should have had her back yeah so how I feel this all went down is I think he knows that he was inadequate as a husband in that situation but it's never his fault never mm. his fault it's not in him to say I should have stood up for you mm. or it's not in him to acknowledge the responsibility that he had in perhaps controlling that situation yeah so rather than own up to that, it's about how she handled that situation and that she shouldn't have let things get out of hand and that it was up to her to like control her emotions. And I'm behind that. I'm behind what he said when he said you shouldn't allow or let somebody else dictate, dictate how you act. I get that. But the way he went about it was making it her fault when it was his shortcomings yeah, I mean, and him and his ex-wife as well, but he placed it on her and he made her feel guilty about it to the point where she's like, I think she said, if you want me to apologize, I'm going to apologize. I'm just like, no, no. And it just so wasn't cool. And he's just there with his shoulders crossed, eating the breakfast that she prepared for him. Like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> Hate's yeah. a strong word, but he gets worse every episode. <laughs> I get this feeling that he makes Shaida walks on eggshells around him. Yep. Because yep. you can tell, right? She had to prepare breakfast for him in order to start the conversation. And you can just tell that she was just uncomfortable and she knew that he's mad at her. And yeah. I didn't appreciate how he guilt tripped her like that. Like you said, because of his shortcomings. And I get that in an argument... You should always take the high road, right? But as her husband, mm -hmm. I think I mentioned this during the last episode too, like he should have refereed the whole thing better. He should have said like, hey, Shahida, back off or Shahida's like, calm down. Like he should have said something because I just felt like he just let that get out of hand. Right. And praying about it or praying over it, to me, I think it, while it's a nice gesture, at that moment, didn't help the situation. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Ah, oh, well. Moving on? Moving on. I feel like there's a lot to say about Kimberly and Usman. Really? Maybe not. I guess because I was cringing all the way when I was watching their scenes. 
it just felt like Usman is an opportunist. Yes. So is Kimberly. So is Kimberly. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. They're both maybe meant for each other. They're both opportunists. Yeah. Yeah. For this, I can't even watch the scenes that he's in without seeing how big of an opportunist he is. Every time he's on there, it really is about his music, the way I see it. Mm-hmm. It's about his music his and getting and securing the bag, getting mm-hmm. this green card. I don't really think he likes Kimbali like that. I mm-hmm. don't. I really genuinely don't. And I feel bad because she's totally tripping about him. Like she comes off so, so desperate. Like that car scene was With just so, yeah, it was so cringy to me. I yeah. couldn't. I was just like, this is no. And then she's dancing and singing his you lyrics. Say, you say. No, Okay. No, <laughs> I know. I and then her son's like made to listen to the song, and yes. then like afterwards he's like, "Actually, that's not bad." Yeah, I just think too he's being nice, but yeah. I mean, and it's catchy. It is. It's catchy. So I think there was some truth to that. I think he was like, "All right, it's catchy. It's a catchy tune." You know, but dude, that must have been a long ass car ride. Just mm. oh, you got to listen to this one. I just be like. Yes, mom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's listen to your boyfriend's music. Like, <laughs> I just didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. She has some nerve, though, I think. Which part? So, for her to think that what she says goes in terms mm-hmm. of how this wife thing is going to pan out, mm-hmm. that hers is the final say, that mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you can get married, but guess what? It's going to be like this. I think it's definitely a topic they need to talk about. And if you're really going to say, oh, I respect his religion and I respect his culture and I respect the way they do things, then you can't just all of a sudden go, I'm an American and we don't do it like that. I'm not going to be a sister wife. I'm just like, you have some fucking nerve. Because you were over here saying all this shit about respecting his culture, his religion, and you're going to do the second wife thing. And now, now this episode, you're like, well, well, I'm American, honey, and I don't get down like that. I'm just like, the fuck? Who do you think you are? Yeah. Like, really? And you could see it in Usman's face. Like, wait, no, wait. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know what I mean? And really, you, she just has some nerve. Yeah, they're both opportunists and they're perfect for each other. But at the same time, I'm like, this isn't the relationship for you. Yeah, I don't think so. And at that point, I was encouraging Usman to leave. I was like, man, just fucking leave her. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he has to secure the bag. Man, of all people through women like baby girl Lisa and now Kimbali, why? 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 Is that his type? I mean, okay. You know, not judgy, but like, it's no, actually, his, I'm judging. It's his, type, <laughs> it's his type to target. Target, and right. that's why I can't watch his scenes. I can watch them. What I'm saying is that's why I can't watch his scenes and take him seriously. Mm. Take him as if he wants to be in this relationship. Because we have seen the women that he talks to and that he's attracted to when he's mm-hmm. not talking to BGL and to Gimbali. Yeah. And they look nothing <laughs> like these American women. Yeah. It's so calculated and it's targeted. He has a type when it comes to American women. Mm. And that's where I see it as completely opportunistic. That's why I'm looking at it like, dude, this isn't for real. This isn't yeah. for real. Yeah. This ain't you. So Kimberly is or was a military vet. Mm. 
Right. Do you think she's a paratrooper? Because she mentioned something about jumping out of planes like 72 times or something. Did you catch that? I do vaguely remember it. If she did that, I would think so. I mean, I haven't jumped out of planes myself, and I don't know how many different roles in the military do that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was just paratrooping, like maybe that branch of the military or something, because she said she jumped out of planes a lot of times. Yeah. Well, met respect. Uh, I guess she has no fear. But the other thing I was, I was going to ask you, and that goes back to the point that you were making about her not wanting to be a sister wife, but then she also calls herself the first wife. Isn't that part of being a sister wife to yeah. actually assign yourself like a label or like a designation like first wife, second wife, third wife? <laughs> I see it as she thinks that it's just her pulling rank mm. and that she gets to dictate how the second wife will live. Like, mm. oh, well, because I'm the first wife, I have say over this person's life. I get yeah. to tell her to live in a completely other country with their kid, and I want nothing to do with her. She is pulling rank here. And I don't know. I don't know the culture. I don't know how that works. But I can totally see that that's how she believes that it runs, is that because I'm the first, everything has to go through me. Mm -hmm. And all these other wives or whatever that you're going to have, they don't come near me at all. Yeah. Ah, well. We'll see about we'll that. We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Last couple, well, you know, like we mentioned before, we're not going to cover Big Ed and Angela. So this will be the last couple that we're going to talk about. Yara and Jovi, and this time around, they have Miss Gwen on this episode. So let me ask you, Lon, is it reasonable for Yara to expect Miss Gwen to be like a quote-unquote Ukrainian grandma? I, I think it was just a misconception. Okay, explain. So... And Yara explained it to Gwen pretty good. Like, you know, growing up in her country, her mom was a certain way with taking care of children. And, you know, she just forgot that maybe that's not how every person does it. So her expectations coming to America mm -hmm. that, oh, everything's just kind of how my mom did. It. And it wasn't. I think she told Gwen that like, oh, you know, my mom is like this and she does this and you know, she misperceived the entire thing. And because of that, her expectations were set. So I don't want to say that it was fair to have that expectation. Uh, I just think it was a misconception or yeah. a misperception of what this nannying thing was about or what this babysitting thing was yeah. about. And like, because of it, her expectations were wrong or whatever. Yeah, like just because your mom wants to take care of kids doesn't mean that other mom, other people's mom wants to do the same i think i'm with miss gwen because mm -hmm. i'm like that's fair she said like i would love to spend time with my grandkid but i'm not y'all's nanny nobody's <laughs> right? nanny yeah, yeah nobody's nanny which i think makes sense because yeah i mean unless you have some sort of arrangement with her you know i think miss gwen enjoys her free time and i think my mother-in-law is the same too like she has grandkids and sometimes she too expressed her frustration. Like, you're, I'm not a daycare. You cannot just drop your kids, you know, at my house, hoping that I'll take care of them while my sister-in-law and her husband jets off somewhere. Um, right. And I get it. Sometimes you made that decision because you trust your own family as opposed to getting an au pair or you're getting your own nanny. But sometimes you have to consider, like, the grandparents are living their twilight years and maybe they 
don't want to take care of kids. You know? yeah. I think that's a prerogative. That's fair. And what was it? We mentioned it the last episode. It's with a three-hour drive one way or yeah. something like that. Jeez. Miss Gwen lives all the way out in the bio. Yeah. And they're closer to the city. They're like in one of the suburbs closer to downtown New Orleans. Yeah. So maybe that's why it's like three hours drive. And yeah, that's yeah. not reasonable to make a six hour round trip every single time to come out and see him. Yeah. And like it's not like she's going to pack her bags and stay for a week. Like her, we've seen that her and Yara bump heads a lot, you know, when they're together. So it's, yeah. I also wouldn't want to stay there. Are you going to stay the night? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'll make this three hour trip back home. <laughs> yeah. that would, we don't really get along like that, but I want to see my grandkid. I'll come and I'll help out for a day, maybe two at most, but I'm not packing my bags for a week to stick around here and we end up hating each other by the time I leave. <laughs> So yeah, Yara and Jovi, they need to figure it out. I get it that they trust his mom, but like, nah, y'all got to figure something out. Yeah, I didn't really appreciate the fact that Jovi yelled at his mom for not being supportive to Yara. Mm -hmm. But had he heard his mom out, I think he would have understood why Miss Gwen didn't want to be Myla's nanny all the time. You know, it's unreasonable. He comes off as spoiled sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's the only child, right? I think. Yeah. There's times he, when he talks to his mom a certain way, it's like, dude, have you always been talking like this? Like, it's always like he got what he wanted and she yeah. lets him slide with certain things. Yeah. So he's, even when he was like, well, yeah, when I'm gone, you need to be there and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> no, she doesn't. He is like the only, well, unless there's some sibling that we haven't met, but does he have a sibling? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. If he does, I don't remember. Yeah, he might be the only son. So maybe that's why he gets away with shit. Yeah. (laughs) So the other thing that obviously is the elephant in the room that we should at least highlight is the fact that this is the beginning of the, the war that's happening right now in Ukraine. And I think we saw Yara talking to her mom to inform her that she just got her green card and will be going for the green card interview. And then I think we found out that her mom is actually not in Ukraine, but is in uh, Prague, mm-hmm. Czech Republic, I believe. And then I, I think I heard something about Yara saying that she wants to go home. She wants to go home. But Miss Gwen was like, yeah. mm, maybe you shouldn't because it sounds like things are getting rough over there. So yeah, Lon, anything you want to cover there? Yeah, I mean, we're going to see how this plays out. And I'm curious how this plays out because while it was happening... I remember seeing clips of her on social media where she was crying. She was really worried. I don't have really much to say other than that. I'm interested to see how it plays out, how they're going to play it out on the show. And I do hope her mom was okay. And it sounds like her mom gave her a choice, right? Like she said something like, do you want to meet up in Prague or in the Ukraine? And she said, I want to visit home. Yeah, like I don't think that's. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. I don't think she could, but I understand wanting to go home. And, you know, I've never been in this position. So that's also kind of why I'm interested. I've never been in this position where, oh, you should come back home. Well, you can't because shit's really fucked up right now. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see. And I'm not saying this because I want to be entertained. I'm curious. I'm legit curious. Yeah. I just want to see how it plays out. It's a very grim reality for, yeah, for a lot yeah. of Ukrainians. 
Yeah. The other thing I wanted to highlight is the fact that when Yara was trying to explain how she's so confused and shocked at how there's still going to be a war and she said we progress from monkey <laughs> yeah it's 2022 <gasps> and we progress from monkey and i was like oh yara <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> yeah. progress from monkey i mean it's true but also uh <laughs> what a way to explain it but yeah very endearing right there I love their scenes, though. Again, this wasn't probably my favorite segment from the whole series, but it still had these moments where Yara still comes off as very young and mm-hmm. very playful. You know, like when she was happy about getting the immigration papers and stuff. And, you know, she looks at him and she was like, you know, what are they going to ask me then? Like my favorite color What's my favorite color, you know, and <laughs> he's like pink. It's beige, you know, (laughs) there's these little moments, right, that you don't see with the older kind of couples and stuff like that. And like, these are moments I like to see. It goes back to the whole 90 day things, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we're seeing this like, well, okay, well, if they're going to ask me these things, what the fuck's my favorite color then? And he's like, pink. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's beige. I get all this. They're sitting on a beige sofa. I get all these beige things. <laughs> so for me, they're one of my favorite couples to watch because they go through real shit. I get it. Even the previous time when she was going out with her friends and he's like, I'll just stay at home. That's totally a young thing. What a young couple would go through. And yep, yep. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for them. Really am. Same here. So this is a filler episode but even though it is a filler episode do we have a wtf moment it was no question for me wtf was how Bilal was acting i didn't like it i was kind of yelling at the tv because i just feel so bad for shaida this is how she has to live and when you said walking on eggshells i felt that i felt Mm, that too he's scared yeah i've been feeling this for for a while actually during the tell-all there was just a certain energy and a certain vibe between them during the tell-all when she was speaking. Mm-hmm. It felt like she was finally able to say some shit yeah. because they weren't at home yeah. and because people were around and there's power in numbers. And even then, you know, he was, that's why he was quiet. That's why he couldn't say shit because shit's different at home. And then once they get home, you know, she's back to walking on eggshells. It's yeah. back to him being the master of the house and you better watch what you fucking say because you don't got cameras you don't got the strength and numbers for people here to back you up this episode she's super like subservient and bringing him food and telling him i'll apologize to her if you want me to and it's just like no like you don't owe her that yeah and just making her feel guilty for how things went down and Like I said, I agree with what he said. Don't let anyone dictate your actions. That could have been empowering. That could have been like, hey, you know, she got under your skin. Don't let that happen. It could have been more encouraging. Mm. Like I could see that. I could see myself giving someone that kind of encouragement. Don't let her get under your skin. Don't ever let anyone impact you that way or dictate how you're going to act. It's not worth it. It could have came off like that and Mm -hmm. it didn't. It was totally coming off as... You fucked up. Mm. You fucked up because you let her do that. And that's why that whole scene was messy because of you, because you let that. That's how it was coming off. And I'm just like, how dare you, bro? He's very quick to be critical. I feel like he's so 
quick to judge and quick to point out, okay, this is your flaw. And it's always about that. Yeah. Making her look like that on camera. Ah, it's already, I'm already getting irked about it. Like, I'm going to quote you, Lon. That's really small PP energy because men, men who are very insecure, and I mean, maybe not just men, right? Like, anyone who's insecure and they have a partner that's great. They try to control them by pointing out their flaws. And whenever it's something happens, like in this case, this incident, they're so quick to judge and so quick to point out like, yeah, you done fucked up. Yeah. You should be raising yeah, you them should up. be uplifting these people yes. and saying, you know what, we could do better next time, but she shouldn't have done that or something like that. Just something encouraging would go a long way, I feel. Yeah. You know? That's the narcissism kicking in where he's yeah. like, here's an opportunity to place myself yeah. just above her again yeah. and to lower her again. Because mm-hmm. like he it. sees himself as the alpha of the family and he wants to be the one that has the final say. Or he's yeah. supposed to be the guide here. So Bilal doing Bilal things. Bilal doing Bilal things. What's your WTF moment? My WTF moment is something we briefly talked about it's not really a wtf but i feel like it's a win because i'm glad that angela's lawyer finally threw her bullshit yeah (laughs) actually admitted that he doesn't give a shit about her personal life because she makes it a point to make it all about her whenever she goes to his office and i know i don't want to go too much deeper into this but i'm just glad that lou finally has a backbone he grew one suddenly and it's a good WTF. Yeah. And started to like say, well, I don't really give a shit about your personal life. And yeah. He didn't say it to her face, but he admitted it to the cameras. And I thought that was, that was a good this, start. She does this to everyone too. Totally. She, she did it to the, the surgeons. Yoga. And, the, no, yeah. the yoga instructor. Like, I get it. TLC probably prompted that conversation. Like, she went there, you know, obviously to promote the store and the, the yoga practice. But then the yoga instructor has to have something to say, right? To make it seem like natural. They're having a natural conversation. See, I fast forwarded through that. (laughs) I forgot what they talked about, but I know that the instructor was forced to ask Angela, like, hey, why are you looking so sad? Like, what's what's on your mind? And Angela, like, started to pile on all the Michael bullshit. And I'm like, okay, that's when I kind of fast forwarded. Yeah. yeah. Not today. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, not ever. All right. We'll take a pause and return after this. All right. Welcome back, listeners. We are here still to talk about Hot D. The hottest, hottest D. Yeah, the hottest D on HBO, actually. (laughs) Episode four, right, Lon? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, Lon, would you like to do the honor of summarizing or talking about this episode? Yeah. So, for me... This was kind of another power play with Damon. The way he takes Rhaenyra away from the castle, it's Mm. all planned. It's all calculated. I kind of sensed it from the beginning. There's no way. There's no way he's just going to be friendly with her and stuff like that. I knew that there was the end goal, which was, as it plays out, to kind of ruin her reputation and to set him up for the throne. Oh, wow. I didn't see it that way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm glad you're providing this perspective because I didn't see it that way. But it's good. This is like really refreshing to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, so okay, let me take it all the way from the beginning. So the way I see it, what happened at the 
stepstones that brings him back in good graces and sets him up as a hero, you know, mm-hmm. and they crowned me the king, king of, of the, the Never Sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And but to respect his brother's title, you know, he kneels and stuff. Damon's really smart. All of this is setting the stage for him to ascend the throne. So mm. that part I'm succeeding in the stepstones. And then what happens with Rhaenyra? And ultimately, it ends up with a knife to his throat. This is everybody trying to aim at the throne at this point. But I think he tells his brother, like, you would have my daughter sullied Mm -hmm. just so you could fucking get my crown or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of saw that playing out when it was happening. I was like, I don't think he was interested in Rhaenyra like that. Should Mm. we just go get into it? Sexually? (laughs) Yeah. Let me know how you felt about it. But to me, it was first bringing her to the play and having Mm -hmm. her see you know what? People don't really like you and this is important. Kind of planting the seed. You're going to need me to help you. It wasn't explicit. It was implied. Yeah. You're not going to make this on your own, right? Mm. He was planting the seed with her and then taking her around town. And especially once they got into the brothel, I was like, dude, if you see, as soon as they enter, he removes her disguise. Yeah. He, he supermans her, right? He takes off the glasses or whatever, right? Or not glasses. I'm being the guys. Yep. Yeah, the guys, right? So that people will recognize her. And off the bat, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they had sex or not. That's moot. The fact that she's in the brothel already is going to make people talk. So Mm -hmm. right when he did that, I was already like, yeah, he just wants people to talk and to report back to the king. Hey, you know what? She was in a brothel. Yeah. Yeah, Getting people to see that both of them were together was icing on the cake. But at the very fact that she stepped in there, people would already start whispering. Yeah. I think you summarized that really well. For some reason, I didn't see it that way. I saw him as doing her a favor and mm-hmm. giving her the giving her an outsider's point of view of what people think, what the common folks think about the Targaryens and the royal family, I guess. And that's why he took her to the play and said like, hey, this is what people actually thought about you. But I never thought of that other subtext of like, well, they don't like you and you need me. I didn't think about that. I didn't think that deeply or that far. It was well-intentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It seems it comes across as well-intentioned. So I thought that whole scene where he asked her to put on the plain clothes and come out to the city, that was just him saying that, hey, there's a party life outside of the Red Keep. Or rather, within the Red Keep or something. Let's go hang out. You're a prisoner in here, which was another So if I'm going to summarize some themes, there's also themes, right? And the free spirit and the prisoner and and sex as duty versus sex as pleasure. So there are themes you're totally right about. I totally agree. I didn't see it as him trying to tarnish her reputation for some reason. I see him doing this as a favor in terms of like, hey, there's life outside the royal walls. Live a little bit. Yeah, you can be yourself. and, And of course, trying to get her to learn what pleasure is and that's why he took her to this whorehouse and I thought him making a move that was kind of due because I think that like you and I talked about how there's always tension there's There's that tension there sexual tension between them like they have respect for each other but I also think that there's more and maybe he did think that he could impregnate her so that he will ascend the throne with her and because he's a male he will automatically be a king and she'll be the queen you know so yeah, I never thought of it as, okay, this is stage and Damon wants to piss Viserys off. Yeah. I definitely think he tried. 
Mm. Because if he did have sex and the seeds in there, that oh, would have been yeah. a home run in more yeah. ways than one, right? He regretted it midway. I think yeah. when he was about to get it on with her. And then I think he caught himself and he's like, no, no, I cannot do this to my own knees. Did right? you watch the end, the inside the episode? Yeah, I did. Which part? They said he couldn't get it up. Right. Uh, I thought that was implied. Yeah, I that was yeah, implied. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, felt catch, I didn't catch that. I was like, oh, to me, it looked like he got frustrated. To me, it was like what you said. He was like, I can't do this. He got frustrated and he left. Mm -hmm. But then like two of the cast members said, oh, be he was impotent or he couldn't get it up or something. I was like, mm. is that the only thing that like stopped him? But yeah. I think it's the guilt too. Like he suddenly caught himself and he's like, no, I cannot do this to my own knees. What do you think about the king stripping Otto Hightower of... I loved it. Right? I loved it, but it wouldn't have happened had Rhaenyra not pushed him. So mm. Rhaenyra was like, okay, like I fucked up. But yeah. you have to know that there's a guy that's really close to you and you're just trusting you really, really was like, I'll yeah. do what you want me to do. But you you have to know that you trust Otto way too much. Yeah. You know, and like and how dare he put a spy on me? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that, that sh I think she finally nudged him and said, look, this, you got to keep a close eye on this guy because he's doing shady shit, mm -hmm. you know? And right. his daughter is already the queen, your wife, bearing heirs for you. And he's definitely going after your crown. So we got to keep him in check. So while I compromise to marry Sir Lenor Valerian, yeah. you have to do your part. And yeah, exactly. you know, I think it was implied, right? So Small note here. Uncle, not okay. Cousin's fine, though. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you yeah i know Dude, how yeah. dare you how dare you have sex with your uncle now go marry your cousin <laughs> yeah go marry your cousin Ooh. <laughs> i was like well... okay <laughs> <What>? ah, <laughs> i know that's the punchline of that yeah. episode. like uncle not okay cousin <laughs> cousin i'm forcing you this has yeah. to happen <laughs> it's like that drake meme right the hotline bling like cut like was it like uncle yeah cousin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be remiss to not mention Alicent. I think obviously the Game of Thrones portion of it was kind of the strong themes here, Otto and, and Damon, what they're plotting. But I think to Alicent's story mm. in all this, I don't want it to get overlooked. So, mm. you know, we see her kind of saying, you know, I don't have a lot of friends here it's lonely and then we see her sleeping in her own bed and the only time she's really with her husband is when he calls her to have sex which is yeah. whack you know and i think too she really wants to have his company other than just to be used mm -hmm. because like i like when you know she tells the servants to leave and she's yeah. trying to help bathe them and he's she's like she's doing her know, duty right her wife i think she's just doing the part that her father told her yeah. to do but I don't think she's enjoying she's, it. She's very much a prisoner. And again, I don't want her story to be overlooked. I felt bad when she was, I don't have a lot of friends here and you're my friend, you know, and she's trying to repair this relationship. Yeah. And as they're working towards repairing it, this shit happens and the allegations, right? Mm. I heard what my dad said and now mm. they're in conflict again. And she's yeah. like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. You're right. I feel like the show does a good job of making her look like an opportunist, but she's also well-intentioned. So you kind of want to hate her, but then you don't. Mm. 
I don't know about you, but I'm on Rhaenyra's side, obviously, right? Because the show sort of centers around her. Mm. And of course, if she's the protagonist, then who's the antagonist? And that's where Ellison comes in. Because I think from the preview, we see that at some point, Ellison points a knife at Rhaenyra. And I mean, that that's on the trailer, uh, one of the earlier previews, I would say. So I think at some point, they'll get into some sort of conflict. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Alison might take Rhaenyra's side. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I just think that what the stripping of Otto as the hand of the king will start a chain of event where Otto will try to get back at the king by insisting that Alison insists that Aegon becomes the rightful heir to the throne. Mm. Yeah, that scene in the trailer where he's like, prepare Aegon for the throne or something like that. Mm -hmm. For me, I have more of a sympathetic view of Alicent. I do think that there's going to be conflict between her and Rhaenyra, definitely. Mm -hmm. But I see her more as a victim of circumstance. Mm -hmm. I see her as she is Rhaenyra's friend and her father's forced her to do it. Mm -hmm. And when she was yelling at Rhaenyra and Rhaenyra was like, are you accusing me of shit? And she's like, I'm trying to help you. Like she was saying, there's people that are trying to make you not the heir to the throne. I'm trying to make sure your reputation is fucking clean. Like, what are you doing? It's like she's trapped and she's being pulled in all these different directions. Right. It's because she got fucking stuck there. <laughs> and that's how I see it. She's trying to follow her father's directions. She's trying to be a loyal wife to the king, but also she wants to be Rhaenyra's friend. Yeah. And, and she's being you know, pulled in all these different directions. So I kind of just see her as that. And I'm just like, it's a tough spot to be in. But yeah, she's the queen, you know, and and I forget how it was phrased, but when they were talking, I forget how the conversation went. She has all the power, but like, it's still a, a shitty place to be in, despite how powerful she is. And I think Rhaenyra said something like, you know, we, we could trade places or... Not everyone wants to like just be in the castle and birth heirs or mm, something. Yeah, and she yeah, meant it for herself. Yeah, but Allison felt that obviously. Yeah, and she's like, that's what she oh, does. yeah, she's, she's like the castle birthing. She caught herself kids. like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, and Viserys <laughs> is so gross. Like he has all these scabs on him, and for him to just go at her and like, oh, I was just like, man, skin falling off and everything. He's just yeah. like. <laughs> anyway before we get too carried away i think so far this has been a really great show and i cannot wait for this upcoming episode i think like you said we see otto trying to get back at the king through his own grandson mm -hmm. and I, i'm still curious to know what Miseris character is you know like they call her the white worm some people say that she's the oh the that's new... the white worm yeah some people say she's the new little finger okay yeah I heard that term and I didn't know who they were speaking about so she's like the town's know-it-all like she's the informant mm. so maybe she knew some secret and she's the one with the little birdies yeah <laughs> right? yes 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 exactly because remember the spy that reported to Otto about the fact that he saw Renera at the whorehouse mm -hmm. that same spy came to white worm as well to Missouri mm -hmm. yeah gotcha and, and I'm I, I might be butchering people's name here but I'm still trying to get the pronunciation right 
Do you think anything is going to come back to Sir Kristen Cole for the incident? Do you think there's anything more to that? Like, will a relationship develop? Will he be perhaps maybe penalized in the future if, if the secret ever gets out? Or do you think this was a one and done? It was not one night stand and that's all we're going to see. I like to think that Rhaenyra does have genuine feelings for him. Mm-hmm. But I think sometime down the road, she will let him down and he will feel resentment towards her mm. and he would side with Alison. Mm. So that's my prediction. It's mm. a good one. Lots of conflict right there. <laughs> exactly. That's that would it's gonna hurt. Be season two. Oh man, that would hurt. That would be painful. Yeah. I would feel some type of way that she's marrying Lenore. If I were him. But, you know, his duty is to the realm and yeah. to her majesty. And I think he would understand why, too. That's why I'm, I can't wait to see this next episode. You know, just yeah. to see how he feels about her moving on from him. Right. All right, Lon. I think that's all for this week's coverage of Hot D. Mm. Any last words to our listeners? That was my final thing, really, was where does Sarah Kristen Cole character going to go from here? And you also touched up on Missaria. We only get, what, two minutes of her at a time. It's just mm-hmm. like, can we give her some more time here? Yeah. I want to see what, what this is about. And I know we're only four episodes in, but how many episodes are we going to get? Eight? We're pretty much halfway through, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this is all we're going to get of Missaria this season. So, you know, yeah. I'm curious about that. I actually went on the IMDb page of Hot D and... Maggie Q will make an appearance. You're shitting me. What? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about that. I know. That's I'm cool. excited too. Uh, wow. Q, that's guys. cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll leave you with that. And just want to wish our listeners happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Happy Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Yeah. We, we want to know is, are you watching House of the Dragon? Is this something you, uh, you like us talking about? And if you are watching, what questions do you have about, uh, you know, how we feel about the show? Or do you think we're reading things right? We want to hear from you about that, too. So uh, we can keep talking about it if you like it. Or uh, if there's anything else you're watching, let us know and we can talk about that, too. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for me and Lon. And uh, be nice to one another. And Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.